0: Hello and welcome to Laid Back Lush, a little podcast where we talk about wine, beer, and spirits. I am Michael, a former wine sales associate as well as vineyard worker,
1: and I am Gabe. I am WSET Level Three certified in wine, and I am an administrator for a wine and spirits educating body.
0: We wanted to today talk a little bit about something less structured, a little bit more fun, um, and so departing from our our history and guides and all this stuff we wanted to just talk about a couple of our personal favorites when it came to wines at or below kind of like the 1599 price point. So just little things that we've picked up over the years, little preferences and experiences that we've had that we think may be worth visiting if you find yourself enticed by our descriptions.
1: Yeah, I think it's also, you know, important to recognize that not every wine has to be outstanding, expensive, or the best wine in the world in order to be enjoyable. And As we always like to say, you know, part of our whole DNA for the podcast is trying to give you guys some very non-pretentious, accessible guides. That is what we've been trying to do. Trying. Trying. Yes. Very hard. Succeeding (laughs) some of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I thought this would be a fun, like Michael said, just kind of a fun one-off episode of some affordable wines that we really enjoy, that we think maybe you guys would enjoy. I will admit, um, most of my list is red. Michael, thankfully, uh, came in clutch with some wines outside of just being red
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's the thing though i think both you and i we both prefer red wines yeah um i, I was trying to get more of an even spread for like red white sparkling yeah, i didn't even
1: consider it honestly i just i, I just started thinking of what are my budget friendly wines and since i don't buy a whole lot of white wine i didn't really have a lot that came to mind there are a few but
0: Well, and especially since you don't really, I don't see you taking home a bottle of white wine very often to begin with because you like that stronger character. That's why in our uh, white wines episode, you ended up bringing over that one that was just so powerful. Yeah. um, The
1: Chardonnay from 53rd.
0: Exactly. It was just like, and I remember you texting me about it when you bought it, um, being like, I normally don't buy this sort of thing. Uh, And if you want to know what we're talking about, you can always check out that episode, White Wine make It was two episodes ago. Oh, also, real quick, sorry guys for this episode coming out a week late.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I always
0: feel like I'm the problem now, because last time it was that I was moving, (laughs) and this time it was that I had a sinus infection, which is still clearing up, so if uh, a couple of my elocutive practices here are inhibited then i do ask for your patience
1: or thank you for your. i patience. think they're operating just fine considering the fact that you just said elocutive
0: yeah i'm avoiding things that have B's in them
1: <laughs> <laughs> B's and d's B's and d's and shameless plug if you do follow us on instagram i did update you guys last week saying hey you know posted a story so if you guys want more real-time updates on what we're posting and whatnot Good lord. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if you guys heard that crack, but Michael's body just made one of the worst noises I've heard in a long time, and it didn't come from his nose. <laughs> it came from his elbows. Anyway. Uh, just, I didn't even think about it. I just threw it out there. Good lord. Um, sound like a glow stick. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, if you guys want some more up-to-date stuff, uh, Instagram is probably the primary place where we post, but we also do have Twitter where we try to stay more up-to-date with you guys as well.
0: Yeah, we're, we're trying to get more communicative on that platform as well. Maybe send you guys out some more wine reviews.
1: We're just really uh, bad at social media and trying to figure it out. Please bear with us. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's completely different because with these algorithms, they really do want you to be posting so many times a day and then you have to have so, so much engagement and both Gabe and I work other jobs, you know, yeah. like, you know, I'm working with with Porch Dart and then I'm also driving. And so, you know, then you have Gabe who's over there doing his wine stuff, which, you know, catch it from the description. That's actually a fairly heavy yeah. amount of work. Yeah, um, Especially since so many people have yeah. gotten... uh interested in hobbies and in mm-hmm. pursuing things
1: along yeah. these lines. Particularly post-pandemic.
0: Um, So let's go ahead and get into it. And yeah. if you guys do have a preferred style or you are planning for a meal and you want recommendations, I would say go ahead and give us a DM. That'll kind of help
1: us with our lack of social media awareness. <laughs> yeah, And also gauge where you guys are at and what you want to see or, well, here I guess, technically speaking. Exactly. So why don't we
0: go ahead, though, and get started with red wines what yes. are some of
1: your your
0: top we'll say what top five or no you said you had 10 red wines right
1: somewhere in that somewhere in that. so let's part. let's go ahead and a talk couple of about... them are like brands before we start though i do have one rule that i want to say mm. for this is just a personal rule this is not like a a thing i'm putting on anyone else but it's the rule of cool <laughs> yes that yeah that's it that's it. Let's let's go. No. <laughs> so my rule is when it comes to budget-friendly wines, I normally don't purchase wines below $10 unless it's on a recommendation. The reason for that is the quality jump, I won't say jump, the, the quality <laughs> decline when you start to get below $10 is pretty noticeable for a lot of wines. Again, there are some wines out there under 10 that are actually solid wines um but in general you know that's kind of the price point that you have your cupcake your barefoot skinny girl rosé like all these wines that are very mass market very uh lacking in the quality area and wines that probably have a ton of additives going on as well so um in general, I don't purchase below 10, but uh, that being out of the way, let's move on to wines that are cheaper that I enjoy drinking. So, first on my list, this is actually a wine that I mentioned a couple of episodes back. I don't remember which one. I want to say it was in one of the wine history episodes, regardless. Oh, no, it was in the Italy episode. Never mind. It was in the Italy wine law episode. It is the Zanato Alenera IGT. This is uh, $15.49 according to Total Wine's website. I purchased this bottle at Costco, and I believe it is around the same price point, if not a dollar or two cheaper. Um, so this is a red blend. I do not have the exact makeup in front of me at the moment. But this is an early drinking style wine, very fruity, not quite jammy, but, you know, it's Italian, so it is very big and bold and up front. But the tannins are pretty um, velvety. Uh, They're not low tannins by any means. They're still very much present, but they're not overly astringent or drying or too big for the wine itself. Uh, So again, that is the Zanato Alanera, I-G-T, and that is N A T O. A-L-A-N-E-R-A. And it's a black and white label. It has these black birds in silhouette flying around the label oh, that's in cute. a circular pattern. Yeah, it, it's a cool bottle. Um, so if you see that at Costco or Total Wine, I would pick it up.
0: No, that sounds excellent. I don't think I've actually had that one myself.
1: I should let you try it sometime. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, it, it's a delicious wine. Um, my
0: first pick for a red, uh, I go straight for the Cabernet. Um, so there is a lovely little winery called Moscota Vineyards in Mendoza, Argentina, and they created a Cabernet Sauvignon that I think is absolutely fantastic. It is right there around that fifteen ninety nine mark toward the the upper end of our price points, but I think it's absolutely lovely. Like. It's a bit on the jammier side. A hotter climate um is gonna be able to give you that. But you also get like roasted pepper and chocolate. It's fairly elegant, I would say. the tannins I think are pretty well balanced. And it is a little high on the A B V, so you also Yeah. It's it, to be expected. It's to be expected. So um but yeah. Fuller I, body from that. I, I think it's pretty good. And yeah, I mean very full body. I would say a much better quality than I typically would expect from something on the in the fifteen ninety
1: nine range. Okay. So next on my list, I have the Zagagnini Montepulciano de Bruzzo. This is another one that I got the price from Total Wine's website, but I have bought it from Costco in the past. Uh, on Total Wine, it was $16.99. I want to say it was in the 14 range, so maybe $14.99 at Costco. I, I could be misremembering that. But uh, this is a really solid wine for the price. Montepulciano de Bruzzo doesn't have a you know stellar reputation. I will say I've never had a wine that's really like wowed me from that region, but I will say pretty much, granted, I've only had a handful, but the ones that I have had have all been pretty good. Uh, This one is a little bit uh, peppery, a little bit meaty, but still pretty strong on the fruit character. Um, Again, not super high on the tannin scale. I mean, they're definitely present, but again, not overpowering, pretty easy drinking wine, can recognize the bottle by it'll have a little twig from a actual wine branch on it the so, twig wine
0: is what my customers would say
1: i want the twig wine. the twig wine
0: i'm like uh, well you do know that this is now
1: popular enough to where other people are putting twigs on their wines <laughs> for this very purpose that's really funny actually <laughs> yeah but it, it's a solid wine um, it is you know again more of an early drinking style very accessible and pretty good for pairing with you know some meat dishes, maybe even pizza stuff like that, yeah, it can stand
0: up to some some heavy acid, heavy protein, yeah, and lots of spice. it can definitely handle that next up on my list would be uh anything from San Gregorio, so it we've talked about it before, but Spain has this wonderful. Little circumstance right now where they put out these stellar wines and then criminally undercharge for them. And this happens all the time. Uh, I, I would mention, like, Campo Viejo um, as being the one that is more more popularly recognized by people, mm-hmm. um, their Tempranillo, as well as their Reserva. Uh, but I would say anything from San Gregorio. I I really enjoy. Um, so they have a Tempranillo, they have a Garnacha, they have uh, an old vines blend, which is a, a blending of the two of them, and then they also have one which is just slightly more expensive, like typically about a dollar more expensive than a basic price or, or our highest price at sixteen ninety nine, whereas the other ones are around like twelve ninety nine.
1: Now, are these going by our Hoven Crianza, all that? Uh, yeah. They so these. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we did discuss this in our Spain Wine Laws episode. Essentially, Joven, crianza, Reserva, and then Gran Reserva are an aging regimen. Each term has its own set legally defined aging requirements. And again, you can listen to the Spanish Wine Laws episode for more elaboration on that Uh,
0: i believe that they are but they only list the year on the label that it was it was released so i don't think that they are really expecting people to to know it in the americas and a lot of times what will happen is you'll have uh people will have localized labels when they're exporting it doesn't happen all the time which is why especially if you're looking at things from like france Mm -hmm. say you do need somebody who knows the wine laws in order to help direct you yeah those are solid. They all have some really elegant kind of earthy plum flavor. Definitely worth a try. Definitely worth the price as well. At twelve I I'm not sure if they can be beat. Yeah. At least by Spanish wine under 15.
1: So next on my list, I will match your Spain actually and do the La Maldita Revolution Garnacha. Mm. This is a Rioja, pure Garnacha as far as I know. I couldn't find a set price for this online most places seem to be around the eleven dollar mark, but I saw upwards of about fourteen. So you can expect to kind of be within that window if you do run into it. It has a really cool label. It has like a woman's face with the La Revolution. It, it over looks her. pretty cool. Yeah, it, it yeah, it's a really neat bottle. It's like you know beige and red and black and white. This is a really solid pick if you like that more kind of dry, dusty style of Garnacha that tends to come out of particularly Rioja. Um, Still a lot of fruit here, don't get me wrong, particularly red fruits. Garnacha is not going to be super high on your tannin levels either, Um, so decent body. um, it, it holds up. So it does have, like I said, that little bit of a dusty profile. I don't mean dusty in an off-putting way, but um, it's hard to describe if you're not really familiar with what I'm talking about. It's almost as if there's a minerally cut that goes into the wine that reminds me just in my own brain of like mica, like the way that mica smells when you kind of crush it up a little bit. That's kind of what I mean. I, I mean, I dusty. keep mica at the house just so that I know what that's like. <laughs> actually. Really? Yeah, I'm not like I have different That's incredible. I have different I minerals that. at the house. I have different minerals at the <laughs> This is why Michael's my co host is because he <laughs> entertains me in the middle of the episode You're when just, I'm least expecting I'm it. I'm
0: just sitting there watching uh whatever, you know, I'm watching um Vox machina or something and I just, you know, start licking my, my mica so that I can be reminded.
1: <laughs> Well, then you know what this garnacha tastes like. Put, exactly. Put some raspberries on it, and there you go. I'm a very vivid listener. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is that is my pick from Spain. Uh, next up for me, I have the petite petite.
0: Um, so there's a I like
1: this one. Yeah. So
0: so there's a winemaker named Michael David. He does a lot of different stuff, uh, all um, kind of themed around this idea of like a circus. So they have on this, this particular wine label... is
1: called Freak Show, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. So the so Michael David, he has a bunch of these different things. They're bombastic labels. Literally, there's two elephants on the front of this one sipping wine, looking fairly angry at you for disturbing them. But the Petit Petit in particular is blended between uh, Petit Verdot and Petit Syrah. It is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I would say it has, uh, good elements of those darker and lighter, uh, red fruits. You have a good deal of ripeness, but it's it's fairly balanced. I would say, mm-hmm. good acid, decent tannins. They're kind of big tannins. A little bit of pepper sprinkled in there. Yeah, but I I think it's a fantastic buy. And my pricing is right now from Total Wine. I've seen this go up as high as twenty dollars and as low as twelve ninety seven.
1: Yeah. So also something I would know for this wine is you might be hearing the grapes that are in it and think oh gosh, that's going to be far too intense for me. It's not, I think it's particularly the role of the Petit Syrah. Um, Petit Verdot, if you don't know, is a very intense grape, but um, this wine, it's still a big wine, don't get me wrong, it's still very big and bold, but it's not overpowering, I would say. Like some other, you know, Napa Cabs can be, not on that level.
0: Yeah, no it's it's not um it's not there to be aggressive. It is very well balanced, and the petit verdot I think is just allowed to have a more subtle character because mm-hmm. of how the blend is working. Yeah, so I think that's a solid buy as well. It's also fun at parties because it looks just
1: fantastic. Yeah, it, all the bottles are very fun. I like that. Yeah, I like the line. I don't like all of the wines. I will say that. Yeah, but the labels are very fun, and the petite petite in particular. <clears throat> Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely, am on the same page with you on that. Uh, so next up for me is the Domaine de la Croix Moulin. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Uh, this is a Morgan Beaujolais crew. So Michael has tried this one, and it was me, delicious. Actually, yes. Uh, By the time
0: was- I was done, it was more gone than it was.
1: You made that same, same joke, joke. I know. On this podcast I know. already. I know. How dare you? I know. How. Actually, dare you audacity? That's audacity. How it- audacity. I, I have the audacity. I am triggered. I wield the audacity <laughs> <laughs> like a sword, and you cut me deep with it this mm-hmm. time.
0: I wish I could say I was sorry.
1: I know you're not, don't even lie. Don't I said I lie. wish
0: I could say I was, but I I don't yeah, want Yeah,
1: I know that I'm I'm encouraging you to not lie to my face right now. Anyway, <laughs> so this wine is 14.99 at Wegmans. This is Gamay is going to be the grape. All the Beaujolais crews are going to be primarily Gamay. This is red fruit. It has a good density to it. It has undergone to my knowledge some oaking, so there's some spice at play. Very rich particularly for gamay but that is pretty common amongst uh the wines from Wargon in particular just all around a great pick particularly for the price uh beaujolais crews are always almost well almost always hidden gems in my opinion i know beaujolais as a region doesn't have the best reputation but the crews really are solid particularly when you get a good producer yeah and i would say that's definitely the case here light on tannins gamay like pinot noir doesn't really have a lot of tannin to give while you do have this very rich flavor profile very smooth and i wouldn't say this is necessarily like an approachable wine like it's not that early drinking style like a lot of these wines are it is a little bit more quote-unquote serious but you don't have to worry about your mouth getting stripped from tannin astringency either um this is probably a good like if you're a little intimidated by like bordeaux or really serious red blends or even really serious pinot noirs this might actually be a really good wine to start with now that i think about it if you want to get into that more like why do people like these kind of wines in the first place they taste like dirt this might be a good place to start now yeah that i
0: think about it and i love a good earthy wine so like the more that you guys will get into that the more you'll actually be able to talk to me about it yes not that oh god i might have just scared some people off with that <laughs> offer actually <laughs> For, for those of you who come back
1: no come, come back. back wait <laughs> wait at least give us a listen time <laughs>
0: you can put it on mute it's fine <laughs> oh dear really the last red that i want to mention is chateau de karma bordeaux superior 2019 it is a lovely blend of your bordeaux grapes um at 15.99 I would say that this is a great introduction to Bordeaux. Yeah, It's not going to give you the same character and complexity as other uh, Bordeaux wines. Mm-hmm. Simply because of the price
1: point, there's not going to be as much attention that's able to be given to it. Also, the appellation that it's under yes. is not going to be super high quality. Uh, if you don't know what Bordeaux Superior is – in Bordeaux, I'm not gonna get into it. Bordeaux's wine laws and their appellations are very complicated. But in summary, for this episode and this wine, you have your straight Bordeaux AC. Bordeaux superior is the step kind of immediately above that. And what the superior means is essentially the alcohol content is higher. So what that translates to in the vineyard is the grapes got a little bit riper than they would have otherwise, mm-hmm. so that's going to obviously lead to a bit of a fuller bodied, richer, more intense flavor profile on the wine. Yeah. Again, it's not one of your higher level appellations, and that's why it is at this lower price point. But there are some really good hidden gems in the Bordeaux and Bordeaux Superior appellations. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now that all being said, this is from the Lucien Lertin uh, family, which, if you guys are familiar, they are silver medal winners from the Decanter's World Wine Awards. So this is a high quality wine, but it's just not going to give you the same experience and the same quality as others well, uh, yeah. above that price
1: point And in other for, appellations, yeah, it's quality for what it is. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um. And what it is is it's it's very elegant. Has lots of like black currant, cherry. It's medium bodied. I would say very balanced in its acids.
1: Do you know what the uh, blend breakdown is on this wine? I do not, unfortunately. Okay. But I'm going to guess, and this is just my own guess, Yeah, that it's probably going to be Merlot dominant. More that than likely. tends to be the case with Bordeaux and Bordeaux Superior exactly. wines. Cabernet Sauvignon is hard enough to grow in Bordeaux that they want to put it in the, you know... O Madoc wines and the, you know, Saint Julian and all those wines. Yeah. Which
0: I've also had, and those are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely phenomenal. But if you need an introduction to kind of that style and how it's handled, especially for that Bordeaux Superior area.
1: Or if you don't really like those really top-level Bordeaux because they tend to be very earthy, very intense, Mm -hmm. heavily oaked, but you like kind of the core of the wine, as it were, this will provide you with that because you know you're still working same region, same grapes. But again, earlier drinking style, more approachable at a younger age, and probably more friendly with a larger variety of food as well. This almost ended up being the one that I brought back. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, I. Well, because I, I don't. I didn't think that you had had it. I don't think I have had that one. Yeah, I don't believe so. So I, I thought it
0: would just be fun to. Yeah. But then the one that I ended up getting, it it was just like, no, there's no way I can't. I haven't, had, <laughs> I haven't had a good one of these in a while.
1: Yeah. Moving on, though. So you have some roses, right?
0: I do have some roses. Uh I love rose. Um I won't say it. I will say it. Don't you dare. Rose all day. Don't you dare. <laughs> I, How dare you. Man, I love roses. How dare you. Uh some of my favorites are, are like the Olima uh rose. I love um I love the oh god, what's it called? Uh the Salmonsare. But those are out of our price range right now. So the ones that I would actually recommend, one is from the Willamette Valley, and the other one is from France. Um, the one from France is called Dautifois. Uh It is spelt D-A-U-T-R-E-F-O-I-S, which meant that nobody knew how to ask me for it.
1: Where's the Dautifoi-or?
0: Dautifois. It is a fantastic dry rosé. It mixes really well like with... Cheeses, salmon. It can stand up to salmon particularly well. Um, It's very crisp. Uh, I would say that this isn't like super ripe, but you do get that nice bit of like cherry, strawberry. I mean, I I find this to be really good. They actually also have a really good pinot noir just by itself. Typically, if I'm going for a rosé, it's going to be a pinot noir rosé. I just shocking,
1: shocking, right? Shocking. I would yeah. have never guessed. Really, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> um, Forgive me, I'm a bad co-host.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, you're just absolutely the worst. Why do you even suggest this? You knew who you were.
1: <laughs> I knew um, who I was. I knew I was too bougie for this. Uh, I the- knew I was too good for you. Just <laughs> <laughs> like pinot noir rosé only. <laughs>
0: Look who has limited taste.
1: <laughs> at least go to Provence. I mean,
0: Provence is actually... I do like I a good Provence. I love Provence Rosé.
1: Yeah. There's There are a couple there that are really good. You will be hard-pressed to find one of those wines at our price point, though. Uh, well, yeah. a good one of those wines at our price point. Yeah,
0: Provence Rosé tends to be a lot more mineral-heavy, yeah. which is one of the reasons why I like it so much, but it's it's difficult to find it at at the price that we're talking. Yeah. Um, But the other one that I really like is actually out of Willamette Valley in Oregon, made by one of actually my favorite uh, Pinot Noir producers. Yet again, this is another Pinot Noir Rosé. This one is the Samuel Roberts Winery uh, Pinot Noir Rosé. I think it's absolutely delicious. It's a very rich color as well. I would say it has elements of strawberry, elements of watermelon, the watermelon is is really highlighted by just how sour it is. That it is it is high acid. I will say, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of gives it like this almost uh, sour watermelon type flavor. Not a ton of mineral content, just enough in order to be able to say, hey, that's there. Yeah, um, but not enough to really uh, define it. Sounds I like would a good say summer wine. Oh, it's fantastic for summer. Look at the color on that. Oh wow! Yeah, like it's it's boisterous. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a fantastic little wine. I would say it would be great especially if you are uh having some more of your summer uh summer treats your your fatty meats will really do well with this in the summer months. I I just think it's a wonderful little purchase.
1: Well, I guess moving on to white wines then. I'm going back to Zagnini actually and I'm going to recommend their Pinot Grigio mm. which some of you might be uh Raising your eyebrows at that one, because who likes Pinot Grigio? I will say, um, this is not a wine I would always go to drink on its own, but it is a very good wine to particularly have with food. I haven't had any of uh,
0: Zacognini's whites before, so it actually yeah. does surprise me, especially in Italian, like
1: because Italian whites are kind of hit or miss. Yeah, right? well, especially Pinot Grigio, and especially yeah. at this price point. Yeah.
0: So like this is this is a an odd one for me. Yeah.
1: So again, this is Pinot Grigio. Don't go into this expecting something that's going to blow your mind, but for what it is, it has really good fruit flavors, particularly uh lemon and apple, which is, you know, kind of standard for Pinot Grigio, but they're concentrated enough and there's enough other stuff going on. There's a little bit of a floral lift to the wine. And again, this is fantastic for cooking. I actually used it last year for Thanksgiving, if I remember correctly, to cook with because we did uh, seafood for Thanksgiving in my household instead of doing the uh, you know typical Honestly, turkey route. Change it up, yeah. Well, that's why we did it. It's like, I'm tired of doing the same thing every year. I want to do <laughs> let's do seafood.
0: God, I could use a steamed crab right now. I'm just saying. Ooh, yes,
1: or lobster. Anyway, um, <laughs> and this would go great with both of those actually. Um, so. The, yeah, Zaginini Pinot Grigio, fourteen ninety nine at Wegmans. Good little buy. Again, it will have the little twig on the bottle, so you can look for the twig wine if you're looking for it. You know, give it a try. If you've never had Pinot Grigio before, I would recommend this as kind of probably your first foray into it. You know what else would go really well with lobster? Hmm.
0: And I know that this is going to be for a minority of our viewers, but a nice, oaked, buttery Chardonnay.
1: You and the three viewers <laughs> that agree with that statement can go sit in the corner for a while. Hey, you know what? As long as
0: I have my Chardonnay with me, anywhere is <laughs> anywhere is fine. Um, one and and my my former bosses would hate me for for saying this, but one of my favorite go to bottles of any type of oak Chardonnay is going to be the Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. It has really, a, yeah, it has a cheaper price point. Um, but it's high quality. These are good grapes. Every single ounce of that is going into a barrel. It does not have any of the post-correction uh, items that you might typically find. It's a really good buy, and it's really well balanced. Kendall Jackson was one of the first people that was able to get it to where basically all of his stuff tasted the same around the globe, which is good and it's bad because you know there's yeah, the argument. Not arguments. really my thing, but yeah, and and I I honestly I see your point. Um, when it comes to big, buttery Chardonnays, I'm not really looking for the character of the terroir, mm-hmm. because that's not the point of it. It's just supposed to be kind of indulgent and and fatty-tasting and, and smooth, and that's about
1: it, really. The fact that you want to call a wine fatty is disgusting! <laughs> but <laughs> Disgusting! Something. But
0: aside from that... I also really like <laughs> the Spear Chenin Blanc. I I, I figured I'd go ahead and, and just have that on top of this one.
1: Spear. Spear. That sounds South African to it me. It is. Okay. It is a South
0: African Chenin Blanc and it is gorgeous. Um it's available for around ten ninety nine. Um this is super crisp, has that kind of like peach mineral flavor. Medium body, I'm not going to say that it's, like, super heavy or anything like that. It's not Shannon, supposed to
1: be. Shannon normally won't be, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's
0: it's really nice. It's unless there's
1: some residual sugar. That will drive up the body a little bit, but... True. Yeah. But
0: that's not a thing with Spear.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, The peach and the mineral aspects, they really do just, like, really well integrate, and it causes these lovely little tropical, I want to call them scenes, to occur, where you just have this lovely bit of minerality that's just accompanying each one of these more, uh, more tropical fruits. Um, there is a little bit of vanilla to it. Um, you know, it does have that kind of like touch here and there. It's not like an overpowering thing. It just kind of accents it. So it's, it's not creamy, but it is, it is elegant, okay. I would say.
1: For me, I kind of have, I guess, a brand that I'm going to recommend for actually whites and reds, um, and that is the Errazuriz Max. This is a Chilean producer out of Aconcagua. Now, they have a Sauvignon Blanc and a Reserve Chardonnay. I have had the Sauvignon Blanc, and I apologize, I can't actually remember if I've had that Chardonnay before. Part of me wants to say that I have, but I'm not going to recommend that one necessarily just because I can't promise you guys I've tried it. But I have tried the Sauvignon Blanc. And again, they do also have a Reserve Pinot Noir that is very good. And they also have a Carminiere that is amazing. Um, You'll see Max, just M-A-X on the labels. You probably will not see Erasuris, which is the family name. So these max bottles, the whole line is kind of around that $15 price point, kind of like $13 to upwards of maybe like $16.99, at least at Wegmans, that's the case. Um, so really, any of these wines I would recommend, and that does include the white wines. Again, I even if I haven't tried the Reserve Chardonnay, I would buy a bottle because I trust the producer and i trust that that's probably going to be a pretty solid choice i minute, did you because I, I was be. about,
0: when you said carmen my ears peaked up what is the what does the label look like
1: um it's black and white there's again like max is written on it actually you know what i have a little thing called a smartphone and you can search images i can
0: i did try that that's yeah no that was really good yeah and again this this is
1: i want to say this one I think this one is one of the pricier ones. I think this one is pushing 16 or 17 but it is under $20. i
0: am not sure I've ever seen a Carmenera under under the $15 price point.
1: I don't know if I have either.
0: Is that just I'm like sure an I'm industry th- thing? Can somebody from the industry DM us at back Lush on either Instagram
1: <laughs> or Twitter? I don't... Well, I think part of it is just it's a red wine, so more kind of has to go into it, because a lot of air is also going to be oaked. True.
0: But speaking of not red wines, I'm just going to go ahead and give you, like, a rapid fire. My three top Sauvignon Blancs. Um, top three? Top three. of, uh, of He knows his hundred, Sauvignon uh, Blanc. I love Sauvignon Blanc so much. And a lot of people love it, too. And it goes great for summer. It's wonderful with different types of seafood. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I will say that um, I really like things that are kind of coming more out of... Uh, out of new zealand and i like stuff out of australia i am not a big fan of sauvignon blanc coming out of california Mm -hmm. i can tolerate it coming out of france it has a different character i recognize the quality of that character but it's not what i'm looking for yeah typically Um, so my top picks would be the gray rock sauvignon blanc from marlboro new zealand it has a lot more of a vegetal character to it so think asparagus high amounts of acid Really well uh, integrated mineral. Wonderful for kind of like your more understated grassy aim, I would say. Then you have the Kiaora. Kiaora is so bright. It is passion fruit, grapefruit, nectarine. Um, uh, probably one of my favorites if I'm introducing somebody to the style and I know that they like more of an aggressive palette. Mm-hmm. Then there's also the Sea Stone. That one's also going to be a a little cheaper. That's actually the cheaper of the three. It's good. Um I'm not going to say it's the the best in the world like zest and not cilantro but close to it. Um Uh-oh. It's, it's
1: it's pretty good. Some some of our listeners might be going, "Oh no, it's going to taste like soap." <laughs> it's going to taste
0: like soap. But no, it's it's really good. It's very juicy. We
1: forgive you. It's genetic. We it's, understand.
0: Yeah. Apparently there's this whole thing about like like, certain ancestries and intolerances to food and flavors that's, like, really interesting.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a whole field of study about that. Yeah, yeah
0: no, I've, I've been looking more into it, and I'm just like, huh, well, at least I know something about me since I'm not allergic to peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> but those are kind of, like, my top three cheaper uh, Sauvignon Blancs. I do not believe that they are sacrificing quality at all, especially yeah. the Kia Aura out of all of those, I think is the best value.
1: Well, now you guys have three Sauvignon Blancs. To three Sauvignon Blancs. Well, I two
0: guess to Sauvignon. No, that doesn't work. I was going to say to Sauvignon all your problems, but the Inyang it's it's just it's a stretch. It's a stretch. If you have a better pun for Sauvignon Blanc, please do not DM,
1: DM us. Us. Do not put no, puns. No, I crave them. Do not put crave puns crave in my DMs. Them. I will you block you. You don't have you. to answer them, I Gabe. I will block you. I will answer them. I will them. block you. don't you. have to. I will block you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I won't block you. I'll just judge you harshly. <laughs> I,
0: I won't judge you harshly. Um, I'll appreciate you for what you bring to the table.
1: <laughs> I don't want you at my table at all. I'm going to I'm going to shun you from the barbecue. You're not then why allowed. Why did
0: you invite me to do this podcast? Like, come on.
1: To shame you. To shame Oh, like, <laughs> look at what I'm dealing with. People. Exactly. This is actually a cry for help. It's been one long, long <laughs> Sad. I can't get rid of this guy. Somebody help me. <laughs> cry for if help. If you can help me for this, please
0: DM us Settley
1: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a therapist please DM us. <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh my god oh my god all right all right, all right. so to Moving to on. close out uh white wines unless there are any more that you wanted to feature um i mean i do have one riesling that i would recommend which um, is
0: that would be the dr lucen's dry riesling
1: that one, is, yeah, that one is around that price point.
0: Oh, it's 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 nice and cheap. Yeah, um, doctor. Just... Some
1: of Doctor lucins wines can get up into the sixty dollars range. So oh, yes, they just, can. Just, just so you're aware.
0: Yeah, um, there's also uh, Doctor Heidemann's. Um, both of them are pretty good. If you are not familiar with riesling and you're just trying to get into it, I would say that these are a good starting point. They're going to give you a lot of elegant, uh, snappy peach aromas. Some crisp mineral notes, a nice, a nice calm. uh, They're fairly complex, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're not you're not sacrificing quality for the price point. I will say that it's not going to be as aromatic as um, uh, the tertiary flavors are not going to be present in this price point. So you're not going to get that like petrol or anything like that. You're going to get that's going to be reserved
1: for the higher. Higher levels.
0: Which, if you haven't had a chance and you end up really liking this and you're thinking, yeah, no, I could I could stand for this to be a bit more uh, funky, a little bit more like gasoline, then mm-hmm. yeah, no, go for it. Yeah. But I think these are great starting points. Or if you're doing a meal and you uh, are, are making kind of like a lighter dish or you want something that you can pair with something like a, a, a fruit salad or something, I don't know what you guys are making at home. Um, Then a Riesling is a good is a good option.
1: My kind of closing out for kind of the main body of wine or white wines is the Louis Jadot line as a whole. Hmm. Now, um, I will say Louis Jadot, kind of like Dr. Lucen can go from pretty affordable all the way up to rather expensive. Louis Jadot, if you don't know them or have not seen them, is probably they are the biggest negociant, actually, I believe, in Burgundy at the moment. What that means is they purchase wines from uh, vineyard owners and make their own wines under the Louis Jadot label with those grapes. So being in Burgundy, they're pretty much all going to be Chardonnay. They do also make reds. Uh, They also are in Beaujolais, so they do have some Beaujolais wines as well. Um, But since we're focusing on the white wines, the Burgundian Chardonnays that they produce are pretty solid, even some of the cheaper ones. Uh, they're a very reputable producer, and, you know, again, probably not going to be mind-blowing as far as Chardonnay goes, but definitely solid. If you like Chardonnay, but maybe you want something outside of the United States, or what you're used to and you haven't tried Louis Jadot, I would definitely give it a recommendation, because you can find it at most places, or at least most places with a decent wine selection. Yeah. So... I have a little spiel, (laughs) a spiel, a spiel about, uh, you've probably heard me talk about them before, Naked Wines. So this is, uh, well, before I say anything, we are not sponsored by Naked Wines. Although if anyone from Naked Wines listens to this, I would love to be sponsored by Naked Wines. Um, what Naked Wines is, is, they are a online retailer for wine and their business model is essentially they have a membership. You don't have to have the membership to purchase their wines, but you do get a really good discount on wines if you do have of the membership. I've gotten a bottle of wine that I believe was originally in the $50 price range for like low 20s if I remember correctly. So yeah, you get you get solid discounts as a member, but um as a disclaimer all the prices for the wines are the non angel, you're called an angel if you're a member, uh, prices for this list um, that I'm about to get into. But what's cool about Naked Wines and why I like their business model is they work with winemakers directly and allow them to basically make whatever they want. And they use, obviously, like the membership fees and stuff for funding that. So, what are my wine recommendations from Naked Wines? Uh, pretty much anything Irene Pavia. Has done. She works out of Chile, and she does just a really good line overall. Her budget, quote unquote, friendly wines are the um, Q line QU. It's literally just QU. It has it on the bottle. You have tried the um, Cabernet Sauvignon? I have, or one of the Cabernet Sauvignons that she puts out,
0: and it was absolutely delicious.
1: Yes, I believe so she has a reserve cabernet sauvignon under that label as well she has a field blend that is very good as well under that um and all of these are under 20 so they are most of them are as well kind of around 15 some of them are a little bit higher she does have a line called the I latina i dash latina uh la amonia vineyard or armonia vineyard she has two in particular a petit verdot and a carmenere out of this line that are nineteen ninety nine each so they are outside of kind of what we're talking about in this episode, but they are still technically speaking under twenty um again, if you are an angel, I believe they drop down to like fifteen or so um so more incentive to do that if you want to again, not sponsored but i I personally am a part of the subscription service, so he's an angel I'm an angel. Um, so, I do get good discounts on a lot of these wines. That's what made me think about putting them in this episode. um But yeah, so she's really cool. She's very big in the Chilean winemaking scene. She's very influential. And it's always cool to support women in yeah. wine, I think. um We also have the Luis Vieira. It's a V I E I R A. It's a Portuguese name. Not really sure how to <laughs> pronounce that, honestly. Um, so, apologies. If you are listening, Luis, <laughs> but uh he has a Syrah Triga Nacional blend that is sixteen ninety nine retail that is really good, uh very rich, very bold, very Portuguese. Uh, we talked about Portugal on our Spain and Portuguese wine laws episode, and the wines coming out of Portugal right now are very underrated, in my opinion, and I would definitely include his whole line is very good, but most of them are above 20. Uh, this one, again, $16.99, great price point, particularly for what you're getting. Has that spice from the Syrah, has the richness from the Trigo National, just overall, really well balanced, really well done. And um, you could put some age on this wine. I wouldn't go too, too long, but you could probably sell this for a couple years and and have it improve a little bit. Uh, Then we have the Sharon Weeks Cat 2 Paso Robles Zinfandel, that is C-A-T-T-O-O. All of her wines are cat puns in the title somewhere, so what? That's, you? that's right of right your alley. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's solid the, wine, apparently. It is solid wine. If it can um, make you get over your hatred <laughs> of puns. Yeah, well, the actually the labels are really cool. All of them have cats on them, obviously they have cats on them, and they're in like this foiling and their different colors for each one um so this is the uh, paso Robles zinfandel um this is 17.99 so this is kind of pushing the limits of what we restricted a little, ourselves a little up there um but you know it's still i would consider that an affordable price point overall maybe if you want to splurge a little bit on 17.99 instead of 15.99 um this is a solid choice it's everything i want zinfandel to be it's rich it's fruity it's dense but it's not super tannic so this wine still has really bold fruity zinfandel poor i almost said portfolio goodness profile it really has diversified assets <laughs> the you know? wine is pitching itself it's just like hey so this is my portfolio this wine invests in the stock market <laughs> this, this wine owns a couple of nfts oh dude. <laughs> so oh gosh can you imagine the day that we we're going to start having nft wines i don't actually think i've been it. i've been thinking about doing nft wine labels
0: well you're out of the podcast yeah. <laughs> Just uh, that would be ridiculous
1: unless somebody wants to dm me and tell me that they're gonna pay for it all right anyway <laughs> uh, so so that's uh my spiel on naked wines and those are some wines that i really definitely those are recommend really solid. yeah um there were a couple that uh are at the 15 price point again with a membership that i didn't include because they are incredible wines but they are more in like the 20 dollar range normally um so naked wines in general pretty much i've never had a wine that i've disliked from them obviously there's been wines that i like more than others because you know you are kind of blind buying you're not tasting these wines in a tasting room before buying them but you know you always know you're probably going to get something pretty decent because you are working with winemakers who are passionate about what they're making and being funded to do whatever they want so that's always fun um but to close out the episode, unless you had anything else, I was going to go to our Apothic.
0: Actually, I have two uh, sparkling wines that I would recommend. Right. Yes. Captain Bubbles and Captain Captain bubbles. 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 I will never let this ship go down without some <laughs> nice bubbles. Um, the So a- again, going to Spain. So I do like Prosecco, um, but I don't really like recommending Prosecco. Like I could say, you know, uh, go ahead and do your uh, La Marca or your Lavostra if you're just looking for something cheap to mix with your mimosa. But uh, yeah,
1: I get, yeah, Lamarka is good for mimosas.
0: Yeah, so is Lavostra. I mean, they're both they're both solid for that purpose. Yeah,
1: um, but the, I I don't like Marca on its own, for the record.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. If you want something by itself, especially for me, I love a drier style. I love Method Traditionnel. Um, which you know means that the bubbles are forming inside of the bottle as opposed to being formed inside of a vat, uh, essentially. I'd like to go back to Spain. And so there's the Segura Viudas, and then there is also the Conde de Carolt. Between the two of these, you're not going to spend more than like 12 bucks. Mm-hmm. But especially the Conde de Carolt, I think is absolutely delicious. You're not going to get any of those like toasty notes. You're not going to get any of the bread. This is not aged on the leaves or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you do get this absolutely fantastic bright green apple, citrusy notes, um, a little bit of like lime and tangerine, lovely. And it's very tangy, and I think it's perfect for summer, and it's actually wonderful on its own.
1: I have not tried that one. I, do, I have tried the Segura of Yudas that you recommend. I, I do really like that one a lot. This almost was the one to come home with me
0: again. Like, I, I was just <laughs> like,
1: no, I think he would love they this. They make good wine. They make fantastic they make wine, wine. Yeah. and it's cheap, and it's delicious. Yep. The Reserve is a little more expensive. It's in the 25 ish range, I think, but that is that is a really good one. Oh, no, guy. we
0: reviewed that, actually. I we forget have. which episode it was, though. It was was a sparkling? sparkling episode. It was the Sparkling episode. I mean, was the I guess spark- it would have had to have been.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, to close out the episode, then I have the one mass market brand that I will actually recommend. Actually, I
0: I was telling somebody that we're doing this and they were just like, so you're going to mention Yellowtail? And I'm like, talking about ones we like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We don't talk about Yellowtail. (laughs) Oh, no. no. (laughs) So uh, Apothic, you've probably seen them. They're in pretty much every grocery store. Uh, the reason I included them is for that reason. You can find them pretty much anywhere that sells wine will have apothic wines for the most part. And they are actually pretty good for what they are. Um, They're not going to knock your socks off, I don't think. Um, But the ones that really stand out to me is the Red Inferno blend. I really like that one a lot. Um, It has been a while since I tried it, I won't lie, so if I go back to it right now, I probably would start to pick it apart a little bit more than when I was drinking it more regularly, but I still maintain it's a solid wine. Um, I can't really fault it for anything. It does have some oak on it. I don't know how authentic (laughs) that oak is or isn't, but it doesn't taste disjointed like a lot of cheap alternatives tend to. So whatever they're doing, they're doing something right, it seems, with that. Um, their rosé is actually pretty good. Um, it's, again, nothing groundbreaking. I do remember it being a little bit on the off-dry category, so it's not going to be like... I mean, they're a mass-market brand. Like People like sweet. Rose, so you know, there's probably gonna be some residual sugar in that. Um, but overall, still a solid choice. And their sparkling red is actually pretty good. And again, that one has some residual sugar going on, but I kinda like it. And I'm not proud of the fact that I like it. But who am I? This is
0: one of the few times that I'm actually looking at game with (laughs) the Mr. Judgy face and not the other way around. I
1: mean, you are Captain Bubbles, so honestly, I expect it. But it's not a bad wine. Have you tried it?
0: No, and that's the only reason why I'm not voicing my judgment. <laughs>
1: you know what? We're, I'm going to have you try it. I, I can't guarantee that you'll love it. Um, I wouldn't even say that I love it myself. But for what it is, particularly at the price point that Apothic sells their wines at, I can't fault it for anything. So it's a perfectly enjoyable sparkling red. Again, somewhat sweet. I would say this one is probably more in the like medium sweet category. Um, If you can handle that or if that's what you're looking for, this might be a good choice. Um, But again, Apothic Wines, pretty universally under 15 from my recollection. Um, And again, they're like the only really big mass market brand on that level that I tend to actually go for if I have no other options. And sometimes I go for them even if I do have other options. I'm not even going to lie. If I just want something cheap and, and quick.
0: Yeah. Well, especially if you're entertaining, like it's yeah. a solid choice. I yeah. have to say it's a solid choice for entertaining.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, that that's my little spiel on Apothec.
0: Yeah. I think that uh, that covers it for everything, unless you wanted to talk about the wine that we're drinking.
1: Oh, yes. Let's do a tasting real quick. Uh, do you want to give the rundown? I've been sniffing on it, but I have not tasted it yet for this moment. Yeah.
0: So this is out of South Africa. It's the Neatlingshof Estate Pinotage. Um, it is described as being full-bodied wine. Um, actually, let me not go into their description. Let's just see what we're getting off of it. But so pinotage is typically going to have kind of more like uh, coconutty flavors. You're still going to get your your um, your kind of like red ripe plum that sort of thing. But it's typically also going to feature some like tobacco, uh, cloves, with a good a good amount of tannins. I would say.
1: Oh, yeah. No, Uh, this this is a tannic wine. (laughs) Yes, it is.
0: Uh, (laughs) Uh, But what
1: are you getting off of this guy? So, well, there's a note that you didn't call, and I'm a little offended that you didn't, which was tar. Tar is uh, something people often call for Pinotage. I will say, this one is not nearly as intense as other Pinotage wines that I have had. That tends to be for more expensive Pinotage wines.
0: Yeah, and this is within our range.
1: Yes. Uh, But this is... It does have a little bit of that tar, I would say it's almost more um it's kind of almost straddling the line between leather and tar, you know, yeah,
0: kind of leaning a little bit more towards yeah leather than it is that really
1: thick mm-hmm.
0: gasoline jelly type flavor, yeah,
1: but um you you mentioned red plum, I would also actually add yeah, black plum and uh blackberries,
0: kind of woody, dusty, but still a little a little sweet.
1: I would agree on dusty. This um, kind of like we were talking about that garnacha. There's almost kind of like a crushed gravelly kind of thing going on. That kind of dust where there's it's not musty, but it's it's yeah, it's granitic almost. Yeah, it's
0: like we're just right outside the tumbler. Exactly. Yeah, eating some or plums, like a, or
1: like you're at a quarry.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're eating some plums at a quarry. But yeah, um, so and somebody just hit the brakes really hard on their on their car but it's far (laughs) enough away to where it's just a whiff
1: yeah you're you're kind of downwind from it yeah so the acid as is to be expected from you know Everything else in the wine in the region. Not super high. Pretty pretty middle of the road for acid content. Leaves just a little bit of the grit of the tannins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost wish it were a little bit higher, to be perfectly honest Me with too. you, but um at the price point I can't really fault it for that. Tannins. Tannins. <laughs> um so the body as well, um it's it's up there. I'm not gonna say that this is full bodied though. It's to pull out the level three lexicon and i apologize but i would put it in medium plus i would not go full full body no this this does
0: not taste like a full-bodied wine to me
1: um it 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 has body don't get us wrong it's not lean by any means um but i think the body could be a little bit more the alcohol is pretty hot on this one but again region grape that's to be expected with a pinotage so that's not a fault um but yeah, no, overall, very enjoyable wine, especially for the price point. I can't really complain about it at all. The
0: aftertaste of it is almost like that feeling right after you eat a cordial cherry.
1: I get what you're going for, but I would say... Um, Refine the, it for me. The the, <laughs> the chocolate is like a baker's chocolate instead yeah. of the chocolate that they normally it, yeah, use for the cordial. Not a milk chocolate at all. Yeah, it, 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 like that kind of dusty, grippy, dark chocolate. Thing. which happens to be my favorite oh no it, it's really nice uh, actually a uh, cocoa or cacao um, I would I would list that as a tasty note as well on here yeah all in all it's it's fairly com
0: it's it's pretty complex for yes. for being a 1599 yeah bottle not saying that it's the most well balanced
1: thing that I've ever had but it's not knocking my socks off but again that is not every wine is meant to do that or or needs to do that spear actually also has a pinotage that's pretty good but I
0: Hmm. basically the the ones that I'm drawn to more often than not are the ones with the owls on the label and it's completely coincidental (laughs) um you know I know I'm a big fan of owls but it is coincidental that the ones that have owls on them are for some reason just like the best pinotages that I've had
1: hey they say correlation is not causation, but if it works, it works, right? <laughs> if it works, it works. You know, so there are a couple that I really like. Pinotage is such an interesting
0: style, though, because yeah. of why it's attractive.
1: Yeah, I've also noticed it tends to be a very divisive grape. People either really seem to like it or really don't. And I think the tar is probably what throws a lot yeah. of people off.
0: Like, I want I I want for my tongue to feel like it's the dinosaurs being killed by a tar pit. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: I don't want my tongue to be
0: fossilized after this experience. <laughs> a little baby Velociraptor going down. He's going, when I'm reincarnated, I'm going to get revenge on these bubbles by becoming their captain. <laughs> now you know my origin
1: story. <laughs> Laidback Lush's cinematic universe coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> Exclusive on HBO Max. <laughs>
0: oh dear. Well, thank you guys for joining us for our uh, recommendations, our personal favorites in kind of the more affordable realms. Not maybe everyday drinking, but you know, uh non-special event drinking. Budget wines. Budget wines. Yes. Um we really enjoy uh we really enjoy these wines and we hope that you will too in your exploration of them. And please do message us
1: if you do get a chance to try any of them. Or if you have any questions about any of the wines. Or
0: any recommendations. I mean, at this yes, point, I'll a lot of you... I always take recommendations. Yeah, like, and I figure no now, puns, though.
1: Hey, hey, Un- don't, unlike don't someone's limit advocacy. people. <laughs> don't limit people. I'm an advocate of the puns. <laughs> I'm an advocate for common sense <laughs> well, and reason. Yeah, no, common and decency. sense. decency. Yeah, all Think of those of things. Think of the children, Michael. All of those
0: things I embody to a T <laughs> in all <laughs> circles <laughs> um, oh dear uh, but please do dm us on instagram and twitter at laidback lush we would love to hear from you especially if you end up grabbing one of our recommendations and you like it or having heard our recommendations if you know a little bit about wine and you have a recommendation for us to try we would love to do so maybe we'll give you a shout out or, or something. if I don't you know. don't know
1: anything about wine that might be more fun honestly yeah, i mean i'm i'm down with it actually you'd, you'd never try wine in your life just look at a bottle and be like you should try that you should try
0: <laughs> actually yeah because at this point we've already had cuppa divino yeah it doesn't get we we've had buzz balls yeah
1: we've had buzz balls We've been to we don't. Hell. We don't get lower than that. Yeah,
0: like we've we've literally walked on Saturn without a helmet at this yeah. point. We're mm-hmm. we're good. You can't scare us with wine anymore. Yeah,
1: there there's nothing left. <laughs> <us> <laughs> there is <that>, there is there is no fear. <laughs> just this moment that the void starts speaking <laughs> out of me and Gabe, just like you don't know the things I've seen. You do not know what I have consumed, <laughs> and what in turn has consumed me. Rage, just rage. <laughs> rage
0: i consumed something and i was possessed by rage <laughs> um, but anyways thank you so, so much um in the next 10
1: episodes
0: uh we are actually going to be coming to our 50th
1: oh yeah yeah we are it's uh this is this has been a wild ride especially when we drank buzzballs especially <laughs> when we drank
0: buzzballs so uh we also are going to need to be planning for our 50th anniversary yeah and so that's going to be a thing. Thank you, guys, if you've been sticking with us through all of this, through the thick and thin, <laughs> and the thick being our heads, the thin being our content.
1: Um, so Particularly the content of our humor. Oh, dear
0: <laughs> Lord. Yeah, no, sorry for all of that. Like, I keep on doing it, and I'm going to keep on doing it, but I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes it okay. <laughs> but anyways, I have been Michael. I have been Gabe. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Cheers.